Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, ancient, A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Alex, welcome to the cave. Thanks for having me. Welcome Congrats the on the Braves. Congrats on the yes. Braves, by the way. We're talking about that off the air. Thank you so much. Very excited. Uh, very exciting time to be in Atlanta this week. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, if, when the viewers and listeners tune in, they can see you as uh, Dr. Midnight and Stargirl, which ended last night also. Exciting. It really did. super it, exciting time for you. It, it was super exciting. Uh, the cast all got together and watched the season finale together last night. So we had we had one TV with the the finale and we had one TV with the world series. So it was, a, it was a little bit like this last night, back and forth. So yeah, before we start talking about the show and everything, and I was doing like uh, some research on you and everything. Uh, I want to know like, I want to know like how, you, how did you get into the acting world? You grew up in England too. You were born there, right? Yeah, I was, I was born and raised in England. And then my family moved to the United States right before I started high school, which is why oh, wow. I sound like an American. But I, uh, I go back to an English accent quite easily and about, you know, probably half of the acting characters I play are all English characters. So, wow. you know, it's, it's kind of a fun transition between both. Um, and yeah, so I, I just sort of got my start like anybody else. Uh, I started doing theater, did plays in high school. Uh, and then I was, I was a big soccer player. So that had, theater sort of had to take a back seat because soccer was how I was going to go to college and um, so it wasn't until, uh, until after college that I picked acting back up. What, what, uh, like what made you get into acting? Like, was there certain TV shows or anything? Cause I did, I did notice that when I was doing some research that huge eighties fan, I'm a huge eighties fan. Yeah. Big time. You know, again, growing up in England, we only had three, four TV channels and the vast majority of our television was American content. So I grew up mm. with a lot of that iconic eighties stuff. And so for me, a show that, Anybody really under the age of 35 probably won't even know about it. It's a show called The Fall Guy uh, with Lee Majors. And he, he was a Hollywood stuntman. And I just thought that was so glamorous and cool to be the guy behind everybody taking the punches and going, you know, hanging out at all the cool bars in Hollywood and driving a big pickup truck. And I was like, I kind of want to be like that guy. And so initially I thought I wanted to be a stuntman. Um, and I would throw myself out of furniture and kind of down the stairs. And my mom was like, okay, we need to channel this energy. And so I got into sports and then I never really thought about being a stuntman ever. And then fast forward many years when I became an actor, I, I was a good athlete. And so I tended to get it. A lot of my characters got into fights mm. and I was able to take a punch or understand how to move well for the camera. And so I've done a lot of, you know, physical altercations in my work as an actor, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Would you, would you say, uh, what's more fun? Like, like, did you ever think about even going into just the stunt work itself or was it always acting? I think, I think it was always acting just because when I got started, I didn't, I didn't yeah. know anything about the stunt okay. world. I didn't know anybody who was a stunt person. I didn't know who to talk to, okay. you know, you could, and that's not really a world that you could sort of just Google and be like, how to become a stunt man. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't living in Hollywood. So really that seemed so foreign and remote, but acting seemed plausible. You could do theater or you could do commercials mm. or, you know, ultimately you could be in classes and maybe get an agent. And so, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to follow that path. Yeah. 
Mm. So you mentioned you, you moved to the U.S. right before you started high school. Is that what you said? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, what part of the U.S.? Uh, here, here in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, wow. I'm, based, right. I'm based in Atlanta. So I moved to a small suburb about an hour north of Atlanta. And uh, mm. I stuck out like a sore thumb because everybody was like, oh, hey, y'all, how you doing? You know, <laughs> southern accents. And I'm like, I've never big. I was like, whoa, I don't know what this place is like. So I stuck out. But it was a really good um, learning experience for me. Once I once I was able to find a group of friends that I could relate to then it became much easier to kind of feel feel welcome and grounded you mentioned soccer did you play soccer in high school when you came over yeah I did you know that was always my thing I wanted to be a professional soccer player and I was really fortunate enough to play division one in college and then I I played very briefly as a professional goalie uh literally like a blink of blink of an eye like 15 minutes that kind of thing (laughs) Um, uh, and I realized really quickly that back then in the United States, there wasn't enough money in it. And as a goalie, there's only one of you on a team. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm a midfielder, but they're stacked on midfielders. Let me see if I can move to defense. I'll be a defender. Uh, you know, goalies, that's it. And so for me, my body was taking too much abuse and I I did decided that that's not it. I got to go do something else. So what college did you end up going for, for acting? Or was that after college that you decided? I I didn't, I didn't get a degree in acting. Um, I actually have two different business degrees, finance and marketing, you know, the sense of the sensible things that you were supposed to do. And (laughs) I got a job, job after college, you know, sitting in a cube and crunching numbers. And then, you know, one of my best friends at the time, who's still one of my best friends to this day, what he would do is he would call me and say, hey, quit your job, quit your job, quit your job. You want to be an actor. You want to be an actor. And I did. I quit my job. And then I, I did the same thing to him and I made him quit his job. And then we just dove in with both feet right, right. into the deep end and immersed ourselves in acting classes and training. And we got agents and we started auditioning and um, like our first sort of opportunities we big we booked we both booked a big commercial for chevy with uh-huh. some nas some nascar drivers and that paid us enough money and gave us our union eligibility that we're like let's go to hollywood we'll be on tv in six months and uh so we both packed up our cars and we moved to hollywood uh and we did not have tv shows in six months how long do you were you on LA before? Are you still out based out of LA or are you in Atlanta? No, I'm I'm based I'm based in Atlanta. I have I have an agent and a manager in Los Angeles and I, okay. I did I did a little over nine years and, wow. and had a wonder wonderful time. But I saw that how much the Atlanta southeastern market was growing and how many opportunities were here. And so I decided to to move back. Yeah. How great is it that like Atlanta has boomed like that for the film industry? Like you have Atlanta, then you also have like Vancouver. It's like, right. there's just so much yeah. work. It feels like there's so much work everywhere. Well, now with, you know, there's so many channels and there's such yeah. a need for scripted content. You know, there's over 500 scripted episodic projects every year. Mm. And Atlanta is just a wonderful, perfect storm of circumstances. We've got the world's busiest airport. We're a nice midpoint between Hollywood and London. Uh, obviously there's the tax incentives here in Georgia that make it attractive for productions to come here. And geographically, we've got everything a production could want from beaches to city, to small town, to mountains. We've, we've got pretty much everything. What, uh, what was like the final decision that you wanted to move back to Atlanta? Was it, is it, was it family or was it more like, you know what, if I need to work, I could just travel anyways. Right. It, it, that's a great question. It's kind of a combination of things. Yeah, my, my family is still here and my mom and my grandmother are getting a little bit older. 
Uh, and so I wanted to be closer mm. to them, not an entire country away, you know? Yeah. Uh, so family was a motivating factor. And then I could see some of my friends who were here starting to get better acting opportunities. Okay. And so that was the second factor. And then the third factor, honestly, was the cost of living. Um, you know, LA is a grind. It's tough. Mm. Really. I mean, if we're being, if we're being honest, it's a really expensive place to live and try and get ahead. Just yeah. keep your head above water. And, and Atlanta was a lot more cost effective at the time when I moved here. Where's, uh, where's worse for traffic, LA or Atlanta? You know, it's pretty funny. It's close. Because Atlanta, I know, that's why was, I that. Atlanta was never supposed to be this massive big city. Yeah. And so, yeah, our, our highways, our interstates get pretty jacked up. I don't like Atlanta traffic. I get real <laughs> cranky if I have to drive. Yeah. So we mentioned, uh, you know, you just uh, finished last night, Stargirl, uh, the is it was it a 13 episodes only right that's correct 13 episodes season two yeah yeah so uh yeah i mean how exciting was it to jump into this world and i want to hear about it your audition a, it, yeah i mean it, it was amazing honestly uh jeff johns the creator the showrunner is a just wonderful human being obviously he's really close to the subject matter he wrote it he created it about his sister courtney uh and breck does a wonderful job uh, paying homage to Courtney and, and bringing her to life. And it's the most of all the, all the sets I've been on. And I've been really fortunate to work with some great people and have a lot of fun experiences. This is the warmest, the most loving set. Everybody is a legitimate friend offset. They celebrate mm. each other's birth. People hang out together and uh, we, you know, organize little fun outings and events. And so it was really nice to become part of that show family and they made me feel like I was there from day one, even though I hadn't stepped in until season two. Yeah. Um, now, how did you like, how did you get called for that? Was it just an audition for this or? Well... Yeah. So originally I had auditioned for the pilot over two years before. Okay. Um, and then, you know, like you do, you move on, you forget about it. Things happen. You do other projects and opportunity came around. And I was like, oh, this, this project sounds familiar. I got to think about this. I feel like I've done something like this before. I've auditioned <laughs> for this before. And I had, you know, over yeah. time, you audition for the same project many, many times. And yeah, so I, I auditioned for it. And uh, I was, you know, lucky enough to, to book the role. Wow. And now, you know, Henry Thomas played the original character. And you took yeah. it over. Like, did you get a chance to talk to him at all? Just about the character or anything? I, I didn't get to talk to Henry, unfortunately. I'm a big fan of his, so I, I would have loved that. I mean, obviously, E.T. Yeah. and Haunting, Haunting of Hill House and Gangs of New York is one of my favorite movies. Um, but I did get a lot of access to Jeff. When I, when I showed up for the table read, he invited me into his office. We sat down. He showed me some things. He said, what do you need? How can I get you up to speed? Mm. And he gave me a stack of scripts that I could read and catch up to where we were. Uh, and so that really helped a lot. Did you, uh, how did, so how did you pre prepare to play the role? What kind of research did you do? So, yeah, that's a great question because, you know, growing, growing up in England, I didn't get the same exposure to comic books there that, than kids growing up in yeah. America would have. So I wasn't familiar with uh, the character. I wasn't familiar with the JSA. Uh, obviously I'm familiar with DC, DC comics and different mm. DC characters, uh, so I did, you know, some some Google research. I picked up some of the comic books, different variations over the years, okay. obviously reading all of the scripts. And then the most wonderful thing is that first meeting with Jeff in his office. He sat me down at his desk, not not on the other side of his desk. He had me sit at his seat 
said, oh, sit wow. here, sit here. And he, he flipped open his laptop and he goes, watch this. This is, this is going to explain a lot for where your character is. And what it was, it was the opening scene to season two. Which, which, if you remember, is the birthday party that yeah. my daughter wants to go to, right? And so that, that five minutes told me everything I needed to know about where my character's headspace was because of what happened to my daughter. Um, and then you layer in the fact that Doctor, the Hippocratic Oath, very cerebral, methodical, thinking before acting versus somebody like, like Wildcat acts first and thinks later, right? Our man sort of acts first and thinks later. Yeah. But 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 Dr. McKnighter, Dr. Midnight thinks first. It's always a measured approach. And so even in even, you know, you can hear my voice is very different than the character. It's much more my the character is much more measured. Um, and so I, I just tried to bring that to the table and and create create that sort of life based on the mm. backstory of a lot of the stuff that I'd read. How different is he from the comics compared to like the way you portrayed him? on tv well i mean it, a couple of obvious things in season two we don't see the blackout bombs that dr midnight gets to use we don't see Hootie, the owl sidekick um yeah. and so it's very much a mentorship or, or fatherly parental role obviously there's chuck through the ai that talks to beth chapel before she actually realizes that it's not an ai it's actually me yeah. um and then when we when i come out of the shadowlands and we do get to connect it's it's very much this sort of mentor mentee role um which kind of gives you it's, it's similar to you know the the small town doctor from many decades ago mm. right you wouldn't go into a great big hospital building the doctor would make house calls and so i tried to try to build a character like that what was your like your feeling or reaction when you put the costume on for the first time? And you're like, oh my god, I'm a superhero. And it's like, yes, did you yes. feel like a little it's, kid? I would have felt like a little kid. I did. It felt a little bit like uh, it's kind of a combination. It was like a little bit like a kid on Halloween, yeah. a little bit like a kid on Christmas, and yeah, very much every kid at some way or another wants to be a superhero. Whether yeah. that superhero is in the army or uh, an airline pilot or a fireman, mm. right? That you, you put on a uniform, you put on a suit of some kind and yeah. little girls and little boys, children growing up, they, they look up to that. And so even as an adult, you put that costume on, you put that super suit on and you kind of feel like you're a kid again. And it's, it's heavy, it's thick. It's feel strong and it's incredibly detailed. Obviously, the the, the moons and all the buttons, the, the moon and the cowl, the, all of the cape, the cape has thousands and thousands of wow. individual moons in it. The attention to detail. I mean, I think the cape weighs something like 15 pounds. That's how wow. intricate it is. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, for your car, how long does it take you to put it on to prepare for? Because uh, I know like some people are like three hours, four hours, six hours. Yeah. Yours, it doesn't seem like there's a lot to it, though. It, it's well, yes and no. There's 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 no additional makeup. There's no prosthetics like Eclipso had to deal with, right? A lot of the yeah. facial makeup, or somebody like the Dragon King has a lot of mm. facial makeup. For me, it's just the costume, and it. But there's four layers to it. Okay. So getting in and out of it, you're somebody in the Northeast. You know what it's like in the winter when there's a blizzard and you've got to put layers and layers <laughs> of clothes on, yeah. and then you got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Uh, so you want to make sure you go to the bathroom before you get dressed for work. Um, those four layers, once the cape is on and once the cowl is on, it's, yeah. it, you know, it takes, it takes 
probably 15 minutes to get dressed and then maybe seven to 10 minutes with help from um, somebody from the wardrobe department from costumes to actually get the, get the cape figured out and finalized and get the cow. Mm. There's leather laces in the back. So it's all mm. laced in. So once you're in it, you're in it for a while and you're like, Hey, I, I need to, I need to take this off. That's another 10 minutes to take it off. Probably. Yeah. Uh, how many hours do you think you were like the most when you had the, the costume on? Ooh, that's a good question. I think when we were shooting the finale, we were shooting on location outside kind of all night. And so I think at that point, there was probably like a good six to eight hour stretch where I, where I was in it fully. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's, it's got, like I said, it just seemed like it was just one of those like, goose, I, bet, I bet you had goosebumps when you put that thing on. I did. Yeah, I did. And, and I, I, I gosh, um, you know, after we wrapped, Jeff, the showrunner, had, had texted me a picture, the first picture of me in costume. And it was yeah. something they just pulled, pulled out while editing. And I just looked at that and I was like, wow, you, you can see on my face how much fun I'm having. How, yeah. how, uh, how quiet did you have to be at first when you were filming this, like who you were and everything? And Very quiet. I, I had to sit on it for six months. I mean, from the time, from the time I was filming first <laughs> until the time my character debuted on the show was eight months. Um, but even while we were filming, I couldn't even, when we were shooting on location, I couldn't even walk down the street to go get a cup of coffee from craft services because no one knew that Dr. Midnight was back. And so if, fa if fans were on location taking pictures, that would have released and, you know, the, the, the magic would have been spoiled a little bit for some people. Well, um, you, you mentioned that, you know, in the comics, it was Hootie, right? Like, do you hope maybe you'll see that someday? I don't know. I mean, obviously the fans know that, you know, season, t season two is over. I got given some really great news. And so I'm, I'm leaving Blue Valley. Um, so maybe, maybe Beth Chapel will get to, maybe Pat Dugan will figure out where Hootie is yeah. and pass, pass Hootie along to Beth. Who knows? Um, I know it's like, and the great thing about like CW, like, you, you know, you can show up a few times, but it's great. You can show up on a different show also. You could. Yeah. I mean, look at John Wesley Schiff. Look at, look yeah. at Flash. He's been, he's been doing right. it 31 years across so many different worlds. Yeah. If, if great. There, I love that. If there was one show that you can go on for even an episode, which one would be, you think? Ooh, that's a, that's a really good one. Um, gosh, I mean, I, I would like to be able to go to Titans and just do a really big, like, really big fight scene that would be really mm. fun yeah. you know i mean so. supergirl supergirl's ending this season but right. that would have been a really that would have been a really fun show to be a part yeah. of too yeah. even arrow would have been great arrow would have been, been great seasons they're all great yeah 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 That's awesome how was it working with the cast and when they put when they got when they brought you in also like did you get like that family you said you mentioned like a family welcome yeah uh, i didn't it was great for me because my, my first day of work was the flashback scene, the funeral scene. Okay. So I got to meet everybody in a really low pressure environment. I didn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting acting mm. wise. And everybody was really excited because the flash was there. Right. Yeah. So for, for me, I just got to relax and be a fan almost. And that took the pressure off of me. Uh, and then really my, my next, my next p series of work was with Breck in the Shadowlands. 
when mm. she gets sucked into the Shadowlands and she meets me for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and so for that, it was just her and I for quite a long time, hours and days. And so that really helped me connect to the show because I connected with Stargirl right off the bat. And yeah. so everybody was welcoming. And, and I think it starts from the top, right? Jeff creates a really warm, inviting, but professional atmosphere. Yeah. And that allowed me to feel like I was fitting right in like family. Yeah. So what, what's next for you now? Like, have you heard anything about like you maybe coming back for season three or is there, is that like hush hush right now? I, I don't know. You know, as, as actors, um, our, our job is to look forward and look at what the next opportunity is from our agents or our yeah. reps. Uh, until the phone rings. I mean, I, I don't know if the phone's going to ring. I, who, who knows? You know, right, I would yeah. love it. I know, I know, I know Jeff has maybe five or six seasons mapped out in his head. Okay. And there are so many characters from the JSA, from the ISA, from other universes that could potentially come in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's feasible that I may never come back and may never be seen again. And, and I think that would be okay because this, my storyline served a purpose. Yeah. Beth, Beth Chapel is stepping up. She's maturing. She's becoming uh, her own independent self as, as Dr. Midnight. Uh, uh, and, and I think that would, I would be okay with that, you know? So, so for me as an actor, I'm, I'm just always looking forward to the next opportunity, but would I, would I love to go back? Absolutely. Would I love to go play in, in the DC universe again? Sure would. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. So uh, any other projects that you have that are coming out that you could tell us about or uh, what's next? Nothing. I mean, nothing, nothing I could tell you about uh, in terms of what's coming up, nothing that I could say yet, but I mean, if, if people are interested, this is one of the first nice guys I've played. I tend okay. to play a lot of guys with chips on their shoulders, guys with an attitude. Uh, you can kind of see it right behind me there. Whoop, the poster for uh, Richard Jewell, which was a great yeah. movie about the 1996 Olympic Park bombing. Paul Walter Hauser plays Richard Jewell. He's amazing. I played one of the Atlanta police officers, Max Green, who basically treats him like a, like a, a pledge in a fraternity. We just kind of rail on him and we're really mean to him. Um, and then I, I also got to play in another universe, another comic book or graphic novel type world last year on Lovecraft Country on HBO. Um, where I play a pretty reprehensible cop in Chicago in the 1950s. Not a very nice guy. So, but, but a great, if, if for those who haven't seen Lovecraft Country, it's an amazing, beautiful storytelling um, show, amazing acting, Jonathan Majors and the late Michael K. Williams and Journey Smollett and a whole host mm -hmm. of other people. Um, I mean, it was, it was nominated for a ton of awards this past season and it's visually beautiful. You mentioned all these different roles that you played. Is there a role that you haven't played yet that you kind of hoping you get your hands on? Yeah, I think it would be really cool. Um, there are, there are two shows that, that I really like, um, true detective on HBO yeah. And then um, The Killing, which used to be on AMC. Both shows are created by the same person. And they do a season-long slow burn on a murder mission, mm. right? Law and Order and that franchise, every week it's a new murder. Or every yeah. week it's a new case, right? These shows, by contrast, they take a whole season to reveal the truth. Like Mayor of Easttown did this year. And, and I would love to play a really dark, chilling serial killer in in one of in a show like that mm. but a serial killer where half of the audience goes yeah i see why he did that i probably would have done the same thing <laughs> that's great yeah I, those, those those shows are like the best to watch too like even if it's like a limited series 
Yeah. Like I just finished every, clickbait every, the other every, day. Oh yeah, exactly. It was like, awesome. Because every, every week you finish and you go, oh, that's, that's not where I thought that was going. Okay, now I got to watch the next episode. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, that's different. I didn't think that was going to happen, right? So you kind of flip flop back and forth every episode. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't mean to like uh, to throw this in here too, but like you said, you you know you you're working in Atlanta. Any have you had any opportunities to go do like any of the Walking Dead shows that are get filmed there? Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't. You know, there's 11 seasons of The Walking Dead, yeah. and then they, they don't shoot here. But Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond, we still audition for those projects. For some reason, it just hasn't happened yet. Mm. Uh, they haven't found the right spot for me, or maybe they don't feel I'm quite right for the universe, which yeah. is fine. Uh, auditions that come along, I'll keep I'll keep plugging away at, and That's sooner right. or later, I'll, I'll get an opportunity for sure. Uh, Alex, lastly, how how can the viewers and listeners find you on uh, social media? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, on Instagram, Alex B. Collins. And then on Twitter, Alex Collins acts. That's right. You also have the beyond acting, too. I don't want to I don't want you to forget that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks so much. For the, so for my, the acting my, class. my my uh, yeah, my partner, Allison and I, uh, we run at beyond acting on Instagram, which is for everything that they didn't teach you in acting school. So all of the business tricks and hacks and tips and shortcuts. Alex, man. thanks for coming out. This was great. Thanks for having me, Alex. Appreciate it, man. That's awesome. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.